Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Chum Chat. It's your boy, Johan Gomez, alongside my co-host, Chris. And today we got a very, very special guest. I don't think he needs much of an introduction, but if you don't know him, Golden Ball, Golden Boot winner for the U-20s. I mean, what, what more do I have to say? It's Paxton Harrison joining us today. Welcome to the show, my boy. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. Yes, sir. Um, how are you feeling? Coming off, a, obviously, a strong U-20 campaign, win the CONCACAF championships, and obviously, you know, just went off, uh, I would say, a solid performance, even though you guys didn't win that tournament. Playing really well in that tournament. Probably maybe deserved to to get the points versus Mexico, but how do you feel? Yeah, no, I'm feeling good. Uh, feeling very confident right now. Like you said, coming off of that uh, CONCACAF championship, I felt really good it was good to bag some goals and just kind of experience that with the team you know lifting that trophy qualifying for the world cup qualifying for the olympics it was a major step for not only the team but i think just u.s soccer in general so it was it was an honor to be a part of that and then like you said coming off this uh revelations cup i think the team actually performed really well three games maybe unlucky to not pull off three against mexico and than winning the entire tournament, but they put up a good game. And yeah, I just, I was really proud of the boys and how we maintained it. Yeah. Um, kind of, kind of diving into that though. I've seen that. I mean, I don't know how, how you would say, what's your favorite position to play? Let's start with that. 10. Yeah. Center 10. Mid, 10, okay. For 10. sure. That's my favorite. Okay. That, that's what I've seen that you're the best at, but maybe with the national team, there's been some questions around the U twenties and a nine. And I know, and I saw a serious clip where you were explaining what Mikey told you and you got seven goals in the U 20 CONCACAF and you were playing as a false nine. Um, how'd you feel about that? And how do you feel? How do you, how comfortable do you feel playing as a nine or as a false nine with the national team? I think um, what the national team did playing me in the four, three, three false nine. I think that suits me more than, maybe playing as like, of course, like a target nine or like a double nine, you know, I think the national team did a good job of kind of playing me in a position where it suited me. They gave me kind of the freedom to come back and do what I do as a 10, you know, turn facing the defense and running at them, but also kind of incorporating the running into the box, making near post back post runs and kind of being a poacher. So I think it kind of depends on the formation, but I think in a 4-3-3, me playing that false nine definitely suits me and my abilities. And that's kind of what the coaching staff told me. Like they recognized certain abilities that I had and they wanted to try me at that position. And yeah, it ended up paying off. I've had Mikey as a coach. I like him a lot. Uh, Joe, that's like Joe's favorite coach um, of all time. Uh, but how do you, how do you like Mikey and how did the guys like Mikey now? I love him. Yeah. He's, he's an amazing coach. I remember playing against him when I was in Jogo. I was, I think like 14, we played at the showcase down in, or in San Diego, but against Dallas, it was like three, two. And I remember coaching against, not coaching against him, but playing against him and he was the coach. And then I remember having him in like a couple of U16 camps, U15 camps, just always kind of being in and around the mix and I always liked him from the start and then having him be my head coach now with the U20s is is honestly a dream come true. He's worked with the players and he's built these relationships that are everlasting. And I think he's done a great job with connecting with each and every single player and yeah, just working towards that final goal. I mean, like you just said, you got you guys have known each other for a while, you and Jogo. A lot of a lot of the teammates have known each other for a little bit. 
Um, how do you think that team chemistry um, that we have nowadays with U.S. soccer, where our, our, our teams are growing up a lot younger together, do you think that's that's a big contributor to the team's success? Yeah, I think for sure. I know off the field what you do and how you kind of interact with teammates and players. It's not all about on the field. It's kind of about connecting as, you know, just like human beings. And I think if you have a strong connection as human beings on the field, you'll start to grow these kind of like connections or make these blind passes because you know that your teammate's going to be there. And that's something Coach Mikey emphasizes a ton. We always do like team bonding. At the start of the cycle, always doing team bonding and stuff. Now the team chemistry has kind of just risen and risen. So he kind of just leaves that up to us because he knows we already have a strong connection. But yeah, I just enjoy spending time with the guys, you know, in the hotel room, playing FIFA, playing Fall Guys, all that stuff is good. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> one, of the, one of the biggest downsides that a lot of people attack the U.S. for is our foundation, how players are developed growing up. But with us being isolated over here, one of the only countries, all of these American players playing against each other growing up, um, something that we don't get enough credit for with our system is that adds to a lot of chemistry between you guys. You're constantly growing up, playing against each other, whereas maybe in Europe, that's not something that all of those players are getting. Yeah, for sure. And like you said, even playing against them when I was young with the mm-hmm. uh, in the DA and all that stuff, I used to play against Dallas, all those teams. And then with the youth national team camps, I kind of grew up seeing all these guys kind of develop and then being in the U20 camp and this the ultimate goal and then the senior team. Football is back and BET Online remains your number one source for all of your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, BET Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and all sorts of giveaways all season long. It's always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports teams and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. You know the chums are the best at golf. But anyway, head to BETonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. BT online where the game starts. You said you uh played against Dallas U14. We gotta solve this right now. Who's got a better academy? I mean, selfishly, I'm gonna say Philly, you know, but I do respect FC Dallas a lot. They've produced tons and tons of very successful homegrowns. So I think it's top two for sure, maybe not two for Philly, but I think it's a friendly competition. I think they're both like excellent academies. I mean, you and your brother are carrying Philly, I would say. I think with Dallas, it's more, there's more, uh, I mean, Philly, you have Mark and like uh, respect to all those guys. But I think in Dallas, you just have more variety of like just so many, so many of them, you know, like there's so many generations that have done good. Yeah, you guys, you guys do have a incredible pipeline of, of young homegrown talents and they've been doing it for several years. You're right. Yeah, like Kellen, we had Kellen on the pod, and Kellen is crazy to think like he's considered old in the national team, and he's like a homegrown for Dallas. So that's just crazy to think. But yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, you brought up playing video games. I just want to make this clear, kind of to break the ice a little bit. You know, Juggle came off camp, and me and Juggle, I don't know if you know this, but me and Juggle, we're on the same time zone. We're hella close, obviously. We're always on part of PlayStation Party, so we're always chopping it up. And one of the first things he says to me is, I was Paxson's father in Madden. That's what he said. That's so I don't crazy. know. I don't know if Madden or 2K. I don't remember, but he said <laughs> okay. one of those. 
I don't well, said this one is of what those. Jogo was doing. This is what Jogo was doing while everyone was playing 2K. He was sitting there on his phone. He didn't want any. He didn't <laughs> want any part of it. He played maybe Guti, Brian Guti, and Madden, but that was the only person he would play because Guti was trash. He knew that everybody else, like he would get smoked by. So he never played. The duos were me and Jack against Kevin and Justin in 2v2 2K blacktop, and me and McGlynn. He obviously came out on top, but Jogo is just a spectator, so I don't know why he was running his <laughs> That's mouth. Cr- so he was captain. That's crazy. <laughs> yes, that's, yes. I'm not lying. That's what he came and said to me because that's we were crazy. playing Madden together, and he was like, "Yeah, bro." I was like, "He was." I think this is what he said. This is what he said. He was like, "Yeah, bro. I wasn't good at 2K, but I was smoking everyone in Madden." That's what that's he said. He never played me. The only thing he was decent at was Among Us. We would play Among Us, and he was always the killer. Mm. Who Who would you say is the best? The best on the team at FIFA. Yeah, or 2K, anyhow. Who, who's the like the, the best gamer? Champ? Yeah. Oh, FIFA. Kevin Paredes is like sick. He skunked me, and I'm pretty good. 2K. I don't know. I didn't see individually. Maybe Justin was good individually, but Kevin was just a horrible partner. So maybe that's why they lost. But speak, the speak best dual partners. Who's the very worst? The very worst is the guy definitely, that everybody's like, I don't want on my team. Probably Choco, Amir, <laughs> Cuevas. He's, yeah, I pieced him in UFC. We played UFC and I knocked him out. Guti's pretty bad too. So, yeah, Jogo is that kind of gamer where he'll like, he'll talk a lot and then he'll only beat up on the on the guys who are bad. And then when when it's time to play the guys that are good, you know, he shies away from it a little bit. No hate to Joe, yeah. obviously, but that's the way it goes. But, hey, I was just here to translate the message because that's what he said to me. But, you know. Yeah, I have knows. to have a word with him after. It's crazy. I want to ask you, you know, I'm talking about how close I am with my brother. I know you're probably super close to Brendan. We had him on the pod, but we had the pleasure to have you now. You know, how close are you with, with Brendan? Yeah, we're extremely close, and I think that's something that's, like, incredibly unique. I know you had it with Jogo, but just getting to grow up with someone who's just as competitive as you and getting to just train when you're younger and always compete in, like, whatever, table tennis. And ultimately, the thing we got best at was soccer. But just having that person to always compete with and always have that competitive edge is is great, and I think it kind of sets you up for a lot of success in the long run, just having that person to always knock things off of, to always talk to, and to always just get advice from. Would you say that he shaped the way that you play, or is there someone else that that shaped the way that you play now? I'd say my dad shapes the way that me and my brother play because he's the one who kind of taught us everything we know, who kind of brought us up doing the little drills, training us on the side and all that. My brother just kind of followed what he told us. So I'd say the biggest influence is my dad. We we got a ton of questions. That you, I think out of we've had a lot of pretty big size guests. You got the most questions out of anybody so far. And one of the most common ones we saw was um, advice for players who might be a little bit younger than you coming up. Maybe players who don't have that that brother to compete with, that father figure to teach them. What advice would you give if they want to be in, where, in your shoes where you're at right now? Um, I just say it's about surrounding yourself with competitive people and people that have the same end goal as you or kind of had the, the same ambition as you. Mm-hmm. And I'd also think that always remembering that people have different paths to success, you know, maybe things aren't working out at one club or maybe 
you don't have a coach you like or maybe you didn't have a good training session but always having the belief in the back of your head and always kind of staying true to yourself and believing in yourself that everything will eventually work out of course if you're putting in the extra work of course if you're giving everything so if you can kind of assess yourself and say okay i'm putting in all the work i'm trying my hardest in training i'm doing all this then eventually good will come from it so i just think it's surrounding yourself with people with the same ambition but also keeping yourself in check and making sure you're doing all the right things while still maintaining that belief in yourself obviously that mentality helps you get through your low points but i know every player um even going back to rec soccer at the very beginning every player has had those doubts was there ever any point where you wanted to quit or maybe doubting yourself obviously you overcame it but were there were there ever any doubts no there's never any doubts about I always loved the game and I always knew kind of what I wanted to do and which was become a professional. There was definitely points in my youth career where things got tough and things definitely weren't going my way and I faced adversity. Maybe a coach didn't like me or I wasn't playing as much when I was younger because I was really undersized, but I never, I never ran away from those obstacles. I always, my dad always taught me to just like face them head on and go right at them because that's kind of what can build a player and, no player's career is always straight up. It's always having bumps and roads and things that are misdirection. So, no, not really. So, we get that exact same answer. I think Cole Bassett said just a couple of weeks ago, said the exact same thing that you just said. We're nothing straight up. You always have bumps in the road and you have to face adversity. As the lone non-professional soccer player on this podcast, I, and I know a lot of other um, a lot of other fans watching also aren't pro- professional <laughs> soccer players. So, um, obviously I think if you take that mentality, you can be successful in whatever you do. A funny, a question that I have for you that I'm just curious about is if you weren't a professional soccer player, what do you think you would be? Where do you think you'd take that mentality and apply it to? That's a good question. I, I always kind of have a tough time thinking about this because, you know, like when I was young, I always just had my mind on like being a professional and I didn't really want to think about anything else, which probably mm-hmm. wasn't the best mindset because you always have to have a backup plan, but I'd say I'd want to stay in the game. So maybe being like an agent or trying to work myself up into being like a technical director, or just starting off as a coach, I definitely want to stay in the game. So maybe it's just like personal training or you know, like individual coach. So a player comes to me and it's like, I want to work on these things and I do it with that, but working with that at a club. So yeah, kind of like that. I have a personal question because I know Jogo just now finished high school. I don't know if if you're still doing school or if you finished. I know you've probably been doing online or the Philly Union Academy, that deal that they have. You've probably been doing that for a while. Yeah, I just finished high school. Uh, Last year was my senior year. So Going to this year, I'm starting classes at uh, it's the University of South Carolina now with MLS, which is nice. I start those classes in the winter, so. Congrats! I actually didn't expect you to say that. I mean, someone who's projected to have the success that you're projected to have, and the success that you are having, maybe would just throw away school. But I think, um, I mean, me personally, I'm pretty impressed with with the fact that you're keeping it going. So, so big ups to you. Thank um, you. But. You know, let's switch over to Philly now because we got a lot of Philly questions and we got to show them love. You've been there for your whole life, essentially. So it's going to start off easy. Someone said, what's your favorite memory from the union, being with the union? This is like all the times, so, you know, like Academy and everything, too. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I know I know some of the best memories come from Academy trips and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I'd say 
my U seventeens year, the we were in Florida for the showcase, but it was like playoffs. So our group was Vardar, Dallas, and Golden State from California, and the, the top team from that group would move on to playoffs in Kansas. And I'd say we were in like a three three game against Vardar and back and forth. Like I scored one, they scored one, three three, and it was like the final like seconds of the game. And then I slipped my teammate through. He scored like that was to win the group four three. And then you know like in academy when you score like with the U19s watching, yeah. U17s watching, everyone watching, everyone's going crazy. So then everyone runs on the field. I just think like those memories are just like core memories of playing in the academy and those showcases and just like the atmosphere of sharing that feeling with like the entire academy. I don't remember that actually. So was Jogo playing for FC Dallas at that point in time? He didn't play in that because I was playing U17s. So he was probably playing U19s at the time, but I played against Justin. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I don't remember that, but yeah, yeah. Those are definitely core memories. I have something similar it, playoffs. I think we were struggling and it was actually my co-host who scored. Uh, well, Tanner who's usually here, but um, sorry, no hate to you, Chris. Uh, <laughs> um, but I think we were struggling to score against like Michigan wolves or something like that in quarterfinals in our U19 year. And it was just one of those games where, you know, like you're dominating them and I know, you know, and, and you just can't score. And so one yeah, of those games, of like you start panicking, like, as the game goes on because you know that like you start getting the feeling that they're going to counter and score or something like that and so nobody from our team can finish and we have some ballers on that team and then tanner shoots from like 30 yards out and i swear i got goosebumps and we just went crazy like i think jogo and them were watching the u17s were watching that game so yeah those are definitely core memories that you keep with forever for sure but um i don't know if this means anything to you someone was talking about if you have a favorite section at Subaru Park, I don't know if that means anything specifically to you. Um, they were probably hinting at where I used to sit when I was younger. I used to sit in section 118 when I was younger. So it was like kind of close to the away fans. And I just remember like always sitting there with my parents and getting the crab fries from Chickie and Pete's. You guys probably don't know about that, but it's just like in the stadium. I would always get the chicken pizza fries because they were unbelievable. So, yeah, I would sit in Section 118. You played with the Philly USL team for a little while, correct? Yeah, I played uh, um, one USL season with them, and then the year before that was COVID. A lot of people discount USL, but, I mean, we saw what Sacramento Republic did. Obviously, USL is increasing, um, increasingly getting better at an insane rate. How big would you say the jump was going from USL to MLS? I'd say definitely it was, yeah, I think it was a pretty big jump for me because I was still young too. I think I mm-hmm. like made the jump when I was sick. Like I started training with first team from USL when I was 16 and then fully my first year, like on a first team contract was 17. So the jump, it wasn't anything, you know, technically it wasn't, uh, no, my first touch wasn't good enough because they were it was kind of just getting up to speed and kind of the physicality and how fast the ball moves and I think even talking to my brother that's the biggest thing when you move from leagues leagues to leagues it's just the intensity and the pace of the game always changes like how fast people press you and so making the jump from USL to MLS that's probably the biggest change that I had to adapt I mean you said you're 16 something that you don't really see in other sports that we see a lot in soccer what what was it like playing against you're 16 what was it like playing against like grown men like people with families 
beards, all, all the stuff. <laughs> what, what was that like? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of just crazy to think about because there's me, you know, like 16 and I've always been undersized until like now is when I'm, I started growing. But even when I was 16, I was really little and just kind of this fragile kid going against, like you said, like 35 year old seasoned vets who yeah. just had a ton of experience and probably weighed double what I mm-hmm. did. But I think also football is just a unique sport where you don't really need a whole lot of physicality to do what you want to do. You know, it's kind of in the mind and how fast you can think and how clean you are on the ball. So I think that's the unique thing about it. Do you think people, um, I mean, obviously Messi's probably the main example that comes to mind. I know players like Pujasic, Messi, Eden Hazard, even dribblers um, who are often undersized get bullied on the ball a little bit. Um, They get fouled a little bit more. Have you ever experienced this in your career? Yeah, but I'd say that I'm not, like I I'm confident in my dribbling but I'd say that I try to avoid those kind of situations you know what I mean like I try to release the ball before a defender will get to me to kill me I try to like put myself in spaces where I know that if I take okay two touches here that I'll be able to release the ball if I have clean touches where I won't be getting into those physical duels so you're saying you've learned from your brother a little bit because I swear I'd be seeing Brendan get killed like every other week. <laughs> yeah, he that's yeah, in the Prem, making the jump from the Prem, it's I mean, of course, it's the most physical league in the in the world. And like the speed in which they close the ball is just like unbelievable. So yeah, there's not I wanna, much I wanna time. ask you something as a as a as a brother, as a fellow brother. Um were you watching his Chelsea game? Live? Yeah, I was. Well, this is okay. I'll actually tell you a really funny story about this day. So we flew home from, uh, I don't know, I was messed up on like two different time zones. I think we were flying in from like, maybe playing, I don't even know, but I was messed up on time zones and I couldn't sleep. So we I was playing with the second team the next day too. It was a, it was a Sunday and first team played on Saturday. So we flew in that night. I couldn't sleep all night. I took melatonin, still couldn't sleep. I didn't go to sleep until like 6 or 7 a.m. the next day, and my game was at like 2. So I woke up for the game, and I was like, man, I'm like exhausted. I don't know. I got to rest my eyes. But I recorded the game. So I woke up like an hour, turned my phone off, completely shut it off, and then I just watched the game at like maybe noon. And then when I saw Brennan Strip Mendy, I was just like, oh, my God. I turned my phone on to just like hundreds of notifications, just like, oh, my God, did you see that? Did you see that? That's crazy. And that was like the most, I mean, Brennan is a super skillful player, but I feel like that's like such a Brennan type goal because he's such a hard worker, you know, and just to like strip, like I was watching it too. And just to see him take the ball off Mendy like, like that and just score, it was, it's crazy. But Brent, I was a little surprised because Brennan in my experience, I mean, I just met you also, but I mean, you seem just as humble as Brennan. And this is a quick story for people who don't know. So Brendan, we, he was already on the pod before. So we recorded with Brendan when he just moved to Salzburg, but we had recorded him with when he was still at Union and we lost the file. And so he was like, I don't know why, how we lost the file, but he was, you know, he was humble enough to come back with us and record again, like for another hour. So, I mean, it just goes to show y'all's family's values, but yeah, I mean, I've known him as a humble guy, but when I saw him score his first Prem goal and, or, and do a little no look, I was kind of surprised. I don't know if you saw that coming or not. Yeah, I FaceTimed him after that game. I was like, bro, like, did you mean to do that? No, look, like, what was that about? He was just like, I was just like so focused on kind of celebrating after that. I just like <laughs> put it in and ran to the corner. 
that's, that's so, crazy. Did, did, is it is it a bit of a shock factor to see uh your brother that you've known first for your whole life now like at the biggest stage yeah definitely because i mean every young player dreams and grows up just strictly watching the prim like that's like all that's really on in the soccer household and even just seeing him getting to play against like these top players week in week out like every team in the prem is just top top players no matter who you play crystal palace zaha Aston Villa, Coutinho, just top players. And seeing him being surrounded by all these top players, it's just, yeah, like you said, surreal. I mean, obviously, most most players have the same answer for this. With you, is the goal the Prem? Is the goal Europe, ultimately? Yeah, yeah. I think, for sure, as a young uh, player, the goal is definitely Europe. Did, did you have a favorite team that you watched growing up or uh, maybe a family favorite team? My family team is Liverpool, so we grew up kind of supporting them. Right, right now, obviously, I mean, with Leeds right now, we have Jesse Marsh, Tyler Abs, your brother, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There's even rumors right now, I think, of Pujic maybe moving over there. He's linked there, Juventus, a few other places. How cool would it be if you went to Leeds as well? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that would be pretty awesome. But, I mean – We'll have to see maybe in the later on. I think I just have to focus on Philly and keep improving there. But playing with my brother while we're still in our careers is definitely an end goal, no matter what club it's at. I for sure want to share the field with him one day. We have a couple more questions about that, but it's more about you in the sense of someone asks, it's a good question. So one of the fans asks, would you switch your position if you were on the same team as your brother? Yeah. For sure. If I had to, or if he wanted to play, like, what do you mean? If he was playing winger and I had to play If y'all were, say, if y'all, if there was the best player in the world, left wing, nine and right wing, and the only position available was 10 for both of y'all, would you switch oh, okay, your position okay. to also be an 11, but fit him in also? That is a good question. I've never thought about it like that. Yeah, I think I would. If I was, switch. if I was guaranteed, <laughs> Like to be in the eleven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. If I was guaranteed in the eleven, then yeah. I'd let him I'd let him play his position and I'd play whatever position. That's a good younger brother answer right there. That's like that's like when you know like the older brother has like, you know, kind of put him Similar. in his place a couple a couple of times throughout the years. <laughs> yeah. Or, or or was it the other way around? Were you bullying him growing up? Yeah, I think so. I I was just always mean. No, I would just get angry when he would play stuff. You know what I mean? I would just so get you were really the so, you were the sore loser out of the two. Yeah, but he was the big sore loser because he lost the most. I'd say. No, it always hurts that's the a, older brother's ego more when they. Oh lose, yeah, so, yeah, for sure. yeah. And that's I the thing about me and Joe. I was wondering how you felt because I'm sure you gotten this question before. I know I've, I've gotten it. People ask me, you know, do you think your brother's better than you? Whatever it may be, are you better than your brother? For me. It's easy to say, even for Joe, it's easy to say, ah, you know, it's hard to say because I play such a different position than my brother and he's left footed. I'm right footed. But you, if someone asks you that question, you and your brother play essentially the same position. So what's your answer? Uh, I I always don't know what to say to this because I know I know kind of Brendan's answer always says he's better than me at like the age I'm at than him. And I'd have to I think Brendan's definitely better than me right now because you know look look at him he's playing in the prem and i have to give him credit for that of course but i think 
growing up having these three years on him getting to see like what he's kind of needed to improve on and what you kind of need to have to succeed in the big leagues I've kind of done a good job of just taking notes of that and improving my game to what he needed to improve on if that makes sense so yeah 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 I mean it's important. It's important to be able to say, I think I honestly have always grown up with the fact that the younger brother will always end up being better in theory because they can take everything that the older brother did wrong and learn from it. And exactly. Better. Yeah. So, I think that's so important. So if you can take that, I mean, you're already on a hell of a good path. So I think, you know, you just keep going and, and you'll be where he is and, and even more, but what would you say are your short-term goals? And even, you know, you can throw in some long-term goals in there as well. Uh, yeah, start off short term. I'd love to win a trophy with my time at Philly. I think we have an incredible chance this season. Supporter Shield kind of slipped from us, but we were right there. I mean, we closed the gap tremendously. I think a month ago, LAFC were 10 points out of us. And just sticking with it and making that comeback was, was great. And I think we have a huge chance in playoffs. When we're at our best, I don't think a lot of teams can handle us. And especially when we're at home playing in front of the home crowd, I think we put on performances like no other. So I think we have a real shot this year. And then I'd say uh, heading into next season, of course, continue that playing time and continue that goals and assists, getting more goals and assists. And then national team, another short-term goal is obviously making the roster to the U20 World Cup and just having a fantastic tournament and uh, taking it step-by-step with the team and, yeah, seeing how far we can go in that. And then I'd say long-term goal, like we talked about, is definitely making the jump to Europe. I want to I wanna make a quick pause because you said something, and I've noticed more in the younger guests that we have, they always talk about goals and assists. And I think it's so, so important. But I want to ask you if you think this, if you agree with me, and I know some people have already talked about it before, and we've talked about it on this pod. Um, if you think maybe now, compared to before, people – pay more attention to goals and assists than what you're actually doing on the field. Yeah. So do you feel pressure to score goals and assists due to that reason? I think it's different. I think of your striker, of course, scoring goals. I'm in a position where, yes, I do need goals. But I think I'm also in a creative world where if I am creating a lot of shots, if I am creating a lot of assists, then I also can get a lot of credit for. You know what I mean? I'm in a position where it's just, I'm kind of a creator. So, of course, scoring goals and having assists, people do look at a lot. And I think that is kind of how the modern game has changed too. If you're not having the best of games and you score two goals, at the end of the day, they're going to say, yeah, he scored two goals. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I just think it's interesting to see. I think, um, let's face Jude Bellingham was talking about it. And obviously he's a young player, but he's doing big things. But I think he's... He plays a little bit of a different position, but he plays like as an eight or even as a 10 sometimes with Dorman. But he was talking about how people only judge him for goals and assists instead of what he's actually doing on the field. So I think it was just interesting to get to get your take on it. But we got a fan question from a Philly fan. Okay. And they were asking, now I don't know, you must know um what he was which goal he was talking about, but he said, What was going on in your head when scoring versus that wild goal versus FC Cincinnati? Oh, shoot. See, this is a hard one because I've scored three goals against FC Cincinnati. I, I did know that. That's why I asked you. I didn't know which <laughs> one. The baller. Okay. Uh, maybe I think there was one you about... scored to go up 2-1 with your left. Maybe it was that one. 
Yeah, at home. At home. Or maybe he's talking about the one this year. But uh, I'll just The one about... this year took like a deflection. Maybe that was what was wild about yeah. it. I don't know. Uh, I'll just I'll just run through both of them, actually. So last year, it was our last home game of the season, and I hadn't scored at home. So I was just telling myself, like, all right, like, it's the last home game. Like, I needed to score in front of the home crowd. My All my other goals were away goals. And then it was kind of a weird goal, to be honest. Jack McGlynn tried to slip in our striker, and then it kind of deflected and bounced off my heel. And then I looked up, and I was right in front of the goal, and I kind of chopped it to my left and then just – hit it near posts and it went in and yeah of course it's a great feeling to score and then this season same kind of thing I picked it up in the middle I did a one-two with our striker Corey Burke and then kind of touched it on my left and I was I just had a feeling that if I shot like it was going in you know when you kind of get those feelings that just like you're gonna score today it was kind of that feeling and then I just hit it and I saw it take the deflection and then when it looped up I was just like oh that's going in the back of the net yeah you have a go-to Sally no, my cellies are all over the place. You just They're get just hype. like, yeah, yeah, just hype, just running around. Those are the best, here. though. Those are the best. Yeah, yeah. I like agree. you said, like you said, you wanted to score in front of the home fans. I know Philly has great fans. Uh, shout out to them. Now you have to educate me because I don't know, and I I know you, they're gonna have to forgive me because I don't know what this stands for, what it means. Dupe is that how you say it? Yeah, dupe, dupe. What does that mean? I don't even really know if it has a meaning. It's just like every time we score, like the song, it's just like, it's so funny because Kevin and Caden, like they hate it. They hate coming to our stadium because whenever they come to our stadium, all they hear is the dupe song. So like, they'll always make fun of it to me. Like, I swear every time I go there, all I hear is dupe, dupe, dupe. So it's just like kind of a fan anthem, I'd say. Do you have a favorite fan moment specifically? Uh, I can't really pick out one, but I just always try to make my time, like, after games, going to, like, the kids in the corner or the fans in the corner for going out. You know, it's important to interact with the fans because, you know, they're kind of the ones that drive you and the team. So I always find a way to sign stuff and just go over and show my appreciation because we were all in our shoes once. You know, you wanted to be the young kid getting the cleat signed or the boots and it literally made your entire week. So I always try to make time for that. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's, that's all you can ask for. I mean, I, I know Chris was making a joke um, and I saw it too. I mean, there were a lot of, a lot of young fans asking questions. Female Chris, ones. do you want to tell them, do you want to, do you want to yeah, tell yeah, them what yeah. they were asking? I'll, them? I'll, I'll tell them. There, I mean, there are several before, before we get started, we can cut this part out, but do you have a girlfriend? Yeah, I do. Okay, all right. Well, don't let her know, but you got some riz because the amount <laughs> the amount of girls that were asking questions and saying what some girls straight up asked, "Why are you so hot?" So well, if you want to answer that, if you want to answer that for for the for the people watching, the floor is all yours. Uh, I I don't know. Just guess I have to thank my parents for the good genes. There you go. There you go. Some somebody else asked. <laughs> <laughs> ask why are you the better looking Aronson brother? Somebody else asked that. How's wow, I have to tell my brother about that. He's gonna take. Do you that agree with that? Heart. Yeah, yeah, I will agree with that. Yeah, I will. You know, I gotta, I gotta be confident in myself. Do you I think like he that. knows deep down? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. He's always infatuated with his hair and stuff. So I don't know. He's a <laughs> bit delusional. 
<laughs> All right. Bouncing off some of our questions, I'm going to start a new segment. There's something that we haven't done on Trump's guy before. It's going to be a fire round of 20 questions. I'm going to have Johan time it, as well as our editor, Anthony, is going to put up a time on, on the screen. Or I'm going to ask you 20 questions as quickly as possible that some fans put in. It's going to be speed round. We're going to start putting up a leaderboard. Whichever one of our guests, you're the very first to do it. You're the guinea pig. Whichever one of our guests has the lowest time wins. It might not be completely fair because different fans will ask different length questions, but I'm going to run through it whenever you're ready. Johan, if you want a time, let me know. I'm ready. So whenever whenever you start asking the question, I'll start. All right. So So you're asking me the questions and I'm answering yeah, it's fine. I'm, we're, we're, we'll try but to do it quick. Okay? But like, if it's not, it does. It might not be a one word. Yeah, answer. yeah, yeah. So give an answer, but just give it quick and move on. If, right, if we need to bounce more. back on anything after we're done, we can we can always recap on stuff. All right. Okay. All right, I'm, I'm gonna good. just do this. I'm gonna do this. All right. I'm gonna go right now. Who was your favorite player growing up? Lionel Messi, for sure. All right. I already asked this. How does it feel to be the better looking Aronson brother? Uh, great. Uh, yeah, it just feels great being the better looking one. Somebody asked what your favorite position is. We assume they mean on the field. <laughs> Center attacking mid, the 10. <laughs> okay. Uh, KP, KP asked this. Who is your favorite national team roommate? Kevin Paredes, room 901. <laughs> That's my guy. There you go. There you go. Favorite thing to do besides soccer? Uh, surfing. Surfing in the summer. There you go. Favorite restaurant? Oh, my. Riviera Pizza, Metro New Jersey. Best pizza. Alrighty. Messi or Ronaldo? Messi. Who do you spend the most time with? My girlfriend or my family, yeah. Your biggest motivator? My dad, for sure. Which national team player is the best at free kicks? Jack McGlynn. Did you have a Pokemon phase? Yes, 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 yes. And my brother did. We love Pokemon. Which of your teammates has the most Riz? <sighs> Not Brandon Craig, that's for sure. Um. <laughs> Jose Martinez. Okay. Dream player to play with? Lionel Messi. Biggest pet peeve? When someone chews really loud. Favorite food? Uh, Cheesesteak. Um, how tall are you? Five nine and a half, half. like five ten. Okay. We'll round it to six foot. Game day meal. Yes. Uh pasta from right, uh time it. Yeah. Time it. Time it. Done? One minute, one minute, thirty nine seconds. Oh, Solid. Geez. I hope I didn't. I hope I didn't what? miss any. If it was nice, was not the welcome. fastest, but you gave us good answers, so we appreciate yeah, exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. Of course, it's all you about. Got, you had to, you had to keep it. You had to keep it Philly with the cheesesteak. Is that a genuine answer, or were you just trying to like stroke <laughs> Philly people's egos, egos and stuff? No, I actually love cheesesteaks. Yeah, it's that. Yeah, like when I order out, it's always mostly a cheesesteak. How you often know, do you said- do you, do you have your cheat meals? Are you on a pretty strict diet? Me, yeah, no. I kind of just eat whatever is provided. You know what I mean? Whatever my mom and dad are cooking up, I just eat. Hey, that's what the ballers do. That's what I hear. You yeah. I'm going I'm to I'm keep it a buck with y'all real quick. There were more questions on the second page. I only should just asked them 17. <laughs> but, right, hey, sorry. but that's, that's why it's the guinea pig. We'll ask you no time, whatever. Here, well, here are the three other ones. Here are the three you other can ones. just resume the time at one thirty. You want to resume? Okay, okay. Or we'll resume we'll the time? Back, we were going to give you the benefit of the doubt here. All right, all right. <laughs> no, okay. Back, give me the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> all right, all right. We'll run it back because I can't count. All right. Oh, man. I don't Ready? Know. Yeah. Would you rather get $5 million or solve world hunger? Uh, solve world <laughs> hunger. <laughs> you had to think. 
Have you ever fought your brother? Yes, multiple times. Who wins? Me. Okay, the last one. What is your most used emoji? You might have to check. Okay, we'll go check right now. The laughy emoji, just strict laughy emoji. Yeah. Which one? The 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 sideways the sideways phase? The new one? No, or the, or the straight. Old, the classic. The classic. All right, you're a classic man. All right, time's done. Time's done. We're good. Two minutes, five seconds. It's not a speed round. It's like just, uh, just 20 keep, questions in No, a row. keep it 139. Keep it 139, please. <laughs> we'll give them the benefit of the doubt. We, yeah, we need yeah, somebody to hold that top spot on the leaderboard. Yeah, we'll keep it 139 for now. We'll keep it 139 for now. 139. Keep it 139. As you see behind me, we define success. We've interviewed, you know, NFL players, mostly football players, like soccer players, but uh, all kinds of athletes. So we want to ask you, you know, a lot of people might say you've achieved success, but we want to ask you if you think you've achieved success and how do you define it? Uh, yeah, I think my career's definitely been short compared to the rest. I think I have achieved some success, but not at all, not as much as I think I can achieve and I believe I can achieve. Of course, signing my first pro deal, sign, scoring my first goal, getting my first start, all of these are small success and small achievements that ultimately should lead that I want to lead into big goals and big, big achievements. Like we talked about winning trophies and all this. And like we talked winning uh, the U20 golden ball, golden boot. And that that's a milestone achievement is what I'd kind of classify it as, but I'd define success as just periodically working towards a goal giving all the effort into one goal. And then once you achieve that goal, that's how I define success. So once you, so what's your goal though? In the long term? Yeah. Like what, what is your goal where you say that's my goal. And once I achieve it, I'm successful. I'd say just having a long successful soccer career. Of course I want to have kids when I'm older, but not only about that off the field, just, being a good person everywhere I go, leaving kind of a staple and leaving kind of a imprint on wherever I am, just leaving my beliefs. And yeah, he was a good guy. He was a good person to have around the locker room, wherever I go in my career, wherever my career leads me, I think just being a good person and achieving that. Well, just know that from this, from this short interview, definitely giving off that impression, brother. And uh, from what Joe tells me, you're a good guy also. So it's no surprise that you've had success and you continue to have to have success. But I just want to address something really quickly because you've had this angle on your phone this whole time. But you for a quick second there, you 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 did the angle like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I get it. You tried to flex the shoe game in the back. Like it's okay. Oh, these it's okay to admit that. You know? <laughs> these but it, it doesn't it doesn't have to be subtle, you know. You can be a little bit arrogant about it. It's good, it's a good collection. It's <laughs> thank a good you, collection. Thank you. I told um, Joe Go, I'm trying to be the dunk I, I king. Mean, I mean he has earbuds with the with the yeah. core still, we both walk in AirPods. Now we know where that money went. Now All we the money goes to the shoes. You have to respect that. Yeah, exactly. Dedicated. <laughs> no. dedicated. But it's funny. It's funny because we're gonna, I'm going to connect this to your brother because we made a clip about it, a reel about it. He famously said he has no drip. Are you, you seem like a simple guy, but you know, you have, you have a couple pieces in your closet that, you know, you, you don't mind flexing. Like, what, what is that? What is that looking like? I'm... Dude, clothing for me is just, I don't, I'm not, I don't have any type of drip, bro. I'm just not like that. You know, I, I just wear, I just wear my shirt, my sweatpants. I show up to train every single day and I go home, you know, there's no need to look drippy.
No, he no doesn't. drip. He says he just wears a, like a Nike sweatsuit or whatever it may be. So would you say, I mean, I feel like it might not be hard, but would you say you have more style than your brother? I'd say, I don't know. Everyone at the union always kind of rips on me and my brother because we just wear the same things, you know? Like, we don't really care. Like, I don't really try. I wake up in the morning five minutes before I'm supposed to leave. I wake up at 7.20 and I'm out the door by 7.23 and I kind of just throw on whatever. And I'm always rocking, like, surf shop gear, just whatever's laying around. So I don't really try, but they always rip on me. But I will say I definitely have more drip than Brendan. You know, but you try with the shoe game, though. Really hard. Johan tries incredibly hard. The thing, I'm, I'm the same way. I just throw on whatever, and I think the reason why we're able to do that is we're naturally good looking. We don't need these extra prop ups <laughs> that people like Johan, <laughs> Jonathan, even that they need. We don't need it. Yeah, they they're looking at our faces while they're looking at their outfits. Like, you know, that's what I'm saying. What I'm <laughs> yeah, saying. yeah, they need yeah. it. They need it. <laughs> but Paxton, I'll let this guy Chris gas you out, man. But. Uh... <laughs> No, do you, we always ask all of our guests, is there anyone, and you can't say Jack because, you know, he's already coming on. Is there anyone who you want to see next on Chum Chat? Anyone who you think would be a good guest? Um, have you guys had Kevin Paredes? Yeah, we did. We have you had, had Kevin. Kevin. He would be a great guest. He might be due he, for another. He might be due I for think, another, but yeah, he was I a great I think, guest. what about Brian Gucci? We haven't had Gucci on. I think, I think he'd be a good guest. He's just, he's, a guy. he's, he's special special person he's always sleeping so we might have to bring up the fact that you called him the worst gamer if we have him on so oh, you know he might have a word about that you can you can all right brother well we appreciate you coming on do you have anything Sorry. your instagram will be plugged throughout the whole uh episode so you guys go sh- the ones watching go show love to him and go follow him in their journey to to clinch the mls cup but is there anything that you want to say to the fans or anything that you want to plug any kind of social media or anything like that no, I'm all good. Just, yeah, thank you for watching. It's a great podcast, and just thank you for having me on. It's been fun. Of course, brother. And um, if you guys like the episode, make sure, like I said, to go show love to, to Paxton. Um, like, share, and subscribe. And as we always say, go find your own success. Deuces. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.